Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in, Browns fans, to your final comprehensive breakdown episode of the year, okay? So I've done these all year. I've traditionally split them up by uh, offense, defense, but uh, this one we're going to do as as one because I really want to move forward. Not a wildly important game, as you all know, and I really want to, like I said, move forward with the season, offseason, excuse me, and wrap this thing up, but I don't want to not do my due diligence I've done this for every game, preseason, regular season. I know this game means nothing in the grand scheme, but I do think there are some things to take away from the performances in this game. So we're going to start on offense, okay, where the Browns ran 66 total snaps. And in this game offensively, it was actually a bit heavier in the personnel department in um, uh, 12 personnel, which is a big uptick, which is just two tight ends. Traditionally, they go a little more three tight ends than two tight ends. So I wanted to make sure to note that they went 66 plays, 23 from 11 personnel, 20 came from 12 personnel, which is a big uptick. Like I said, only 10 from 13 personnel, two from three personnel, which is really random for them to have no backs, three tight ends, two receivers, four plays from 22 personnel, and then seven from 21 personnel. Alrighty. And Pro Football Focus had them split its 16 gap schemes and 16 zone schemes right down the middle on that. Okay. Uh, as far as run game, we'll get to that in just a bit. So, total snaps guys who played all 66 were your O line and your quarterback. Donovan Peoples Jones played 25, or sorry, 53 snaps. Jarvis Landry played 48, 47 from Dearness Johnson, as he obviously was the workhorse in this game. 41 from Austin Hooper, 39 from David Njoku, Harrison Bryant, 34, 36 from Anthony Schwartz. So he was your your third most popular receiver on the field. Only 16 Nick Chubb snaps, which probably offends a portion of the fan base. You know, whatever. Andy Janovich, seven snaps, five snaps for Demetrik Felton, and a productive five snaps as he catches a 10-yard touchdown. Jamarcus Bradley gets three snaps, and then Blake Hansen, one unbalanced formation down the goal line, gets one snap as well. Um, let's shift over. We'll talk about the highest offensive grades. Those were, I mean, most of your offensive linemen because they played well, but Tony Hudson and Jedrick Wills were all three above uh, 85 and above because Jed Wills is an 84, nine collectively. And then Felton is your last guy above 80 at 82, seven Wyatt Teller with the 79.1 Jarvis Landry, 73.1. So that's all encompassing JC Treader wraps out your O lineman with the 71, five Nick Chubb with the 70.6. Okay, uh, let's go down the line performance-wise. So Case Keenum in this game, pretty much a Case Keenum game. 17 of 24, a buck 76, and he labored to get there. Two touchdowns, he did have a nice touchdown ball on the over route. Uh, on, the, on the variation of Yankee concept, that touchdown was 29 yards to Jarvis Landry. It was a nice ball, good touch. Really simple, and an example of how simple this offense can be if you decipher coverage the right way which he did. He did a great job of. Got the football to Landry. That's a touchdown. Had another touchdown on that quick now throw, the now screen to um, uh, to Felton, and that gets him two. But you see like the two turnover-worthy plays from him, which are kind of Case Keenum plays. Like He's going to be the ultimate game manager, 
but he's going to have a couple like dicey plays when you're when you're looking you know kind of back on things what's he doing here what's he doing there it kind of doesn't feel out his athleticism as well as he needs to anymore and like i said he had they gave him one turnover worthy play i think he should have had two he obviously had the fumble where he tried to extend that bootleg and he should have just flipped it away, threw it out of bounds, tried to extend it, ends up trying to throw it, and he fumbles before he can get the throw off. And then the end zone interception, which I thought was just an unnecessary throw with nine seconds left, trying to force the ball into the end zone with a combo route, which to me got tipped. I get that, but I just didn't really like the the decision to throw it into the end zone where they're, the Bengals were clearly sitting at the goal line, defending the goal line in that scenario. So didn't love it. Uh, on the game when he was kept clean, he was 14 of 20. It's his highest grade. He had a buck 58, two touchdowns, the one pick, 72.2, uh, pa- sorry, 70.7 passing grade. And then when he was under pressure, he was three for four for 18 yards, but he graded poorly because that's where his turnover-worthy play came in, the uh, fumble that was returned for a touchdown. When he wasn't blitzed, he was 13 of 18 for 152 and a touchdown. When he was blitzed, he was four of six. The Bengals didn't blitz much. He had a touchdown and a pick when he was uh, pressured or well blitzed uh, play action concepts. Not the, not the highest grade because again, that's where the fumble occurred and that you know, negative is a huge impact. He took a sack on that play, had the fumble. Otherwise he was five for six for 78 yards and a touchdown, but the fumble non-play action was 12 of 18 for 98 and another touchdown middle of the field. Uh, the medium depth 10 of 19 was where he was best Intermediate left is where he graded best. Obviously, if you think about the touchdown throw to Jarvis, uh, he was four of six for 74 and a touchdown intermediate left. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was a Case Keenum game. You could look at some of these games and be like, could he have solved some of the Browns issues where Baker was really struggling? Maybe, but he certainly is not much more than a league average backup who's getting paid pretty handsomely. So that money will will come off the books. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's talk wide receiver performances uh, in this game. Jarvis Landry, I'm trying to look at the team here. I don't know if I pulled up the right stat on... On this one, I want to look at uh, just receiving grades. There's what we're looking for. So receiving grades, Felton led. Obviously, was two catches on two targets for 18 and a touchdown. Jarvis Landry had a nice game. And if Jarvis Landry is done as a Cleveland Brown, for whatever reason, they can't restructure the contract. I don't know. 
was a nice send-off for him. Looked like himself. Really good stop-start. I liked seeing that stuff from him, creating some separation. He had six catches on eight targets for 75 and a touchdown. And uh, he caught some some of those gritty catches that have been his calling card since he's been in Cleveland. Down the line, Harrison Bryant had a 66-5. He had one catch on three targets for nine yards. Not much else to speak of here. Chubb had one catch for two yards. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones ends up with a pretty poor 58-2 receiving grade, catching three of four targets for 38. They credited him uh, with a drop in this one, and the same with Anthony Schwartz, where he dropped the slant route. He was one catch on three targets for 13, and Njoku was two catches uh, on two targets for 11 yards. Not much to speak of in the wide receiver group, I thought. You know, Peoples-Jones was fine. I thought Schwartz has to catch that slant. There was another contested ball that he he maybe could have plucked, but, he's, you know, those are the two guys I'm paying the closest attention to in the wide receiver room. Peoples-Jones, again, caught a ball on the move that he turned into, I think his long was 22 yards on the day. He had three slot snaps, 23 wide, so that speaks to it. Jarvis had 11 in the slot. Harrison Bryant had four, seven for Njoku, so they moved the tight end group around a little bit. Uh, but they were, you know, they were they were fine. Uh, I thought for the most part, three catches for first downs for Jarvis, two catches for first downs for uh, Peoples Jones, and that's those are your leaders. Otherwise, not much to speak of. Not a huge passing, you know, huge passing day. So you really wouldn't expect all too much from that group. The run game was led by Nick Chubb, who grades out at a 69.0. Nice. He had one missed tackle forced. That long run of 35 yards ends up with 58 on the day. Does a nice job in pass blocking where he gets a 75 grade. Picked up three first downs. Just a nice game. Yards per yards uh, uh, after contact per attempt. He had seven. Dearness Johnson was more of the workhorse, obviously. 25 carries, 123, a touchdown, a 67-6 run grade. Liked his performance, man. He, he forced four missed tackles. Just a nice feel for cutback lanes, man. He had a, only had a long of 13, but... He ran uh, three times for 10-plus yards, so you like that. Eight first downs rushing for him uh, in 13 zone and 11 gap snaps. So really, really liked his performance a ton. If they're going to do these Anthony Schwartz reverses, they need to do them quicker. They did one to Schwartz and Felton, and they hit too slow. You know, Schwartz only went for three yards, a guy in his face immediately. Felton went for six yards there in the first quarter. Had to speed the tempo of those up somehow. Not entirely sure what they want to do to do that. They could do some motion. They could do tighter splits. It's got to be quicker. It's got to hit way quicker. So hopefully they can rectify that. Maybe something off outside zone in the future where they like to sell people down the line of scrimmage. Not sure on that one. It's got to hit quicker. Um, so let's shift over to the to the blocking side of things. 27 pass block snaps in this game. And the Browns were pretty good. They only allowed two pressures and two hurries. I thought you know, one of the hurries was self-inflicted from Keenum. But otherwise, it was one of their better overall protection days. Again, Cincinnati playing some of their backups, I get that. But one of their better days, I thought. True pass sets, they had eight true pass sets. Uh, the only person who struggled at a two, true pass set grade was a 46-4 from Wyatt Teller, who just, man, like peaks and valleys for Wyatt Teller. They've already signed him. I need him to be more consistent. He'll dominate, and then you'll have some plays where you're like, that technique is terrible, and you cannot get away with it. So you need to see a little more consistency. You can see phases of the game where he's pulling, where he's out in space, where he's uh, cleaning up. Like if he's if he's un, you know if his man doesn't come and he's cleaning up a block on someone else, he'll make highlight blocks. I need him to make the consistent Joel Batonio in a in a phone booth type blocks. 
to uh, to to be one of the be- he's one of the best guards in the NFL. I need him to become the best guard in the NFL in the immediate future for what he's being paid, and he needs to clean up some of that stuff. But otherwise, again, man, like Jed Wills in eighty four three, eighty two eight for Betonio, seventy nine one for Treader, James Hudson a seventy one point four pass block grade on those true pass sets, and they grade you know your technique and some of those other things. But just a really good day for everybody, and you like to see that from Hudson. And again, I know it's not the elite of the elite for Cincinnati as they're resting people, but he's not a starter either. So for him to perform well, that's the steps you want to see him take advantage of. What I did like more than anything else is how well he graded in the run game because he has not graded well in the run game all year. He had a 92.3 zone blocking grade, fantastic, and the highest gap blocking grade at 70.9. So that's huge for James Hudson. Huge. Joel Batonio, 92-8 in zone. The Browns dominated zone running game. They had uh, uh, 83-1 for Teller, 91-4 for Wills. Uh, Treader went for a 67.4. Hooper was great. And then this is a part of what Hooper's draw is. He can really block, man, uh, when he when he you know, focuses up and does it the way he's, he's fully capable of. 83.3 uh, blocking grade in zone for him. The gap stuff, hit or miss in the 50s for almost everybody else. Just kind of average, but Hudson was really good, and that should be commended. So that kind of ends the offense. We switch to the defense now, and it was an interesting game because the Bengals only went for 182 yards on 51 plays. And if you look at the defensive stats, uh, as far as alignments go, in this one you got uh, 11 base snaps and 44 nickel snaps. So what they did, when when anytime they're in a situation – where one of their best isn't playing in the slot, Troy Hill. They like to, if they have three corners they, they trust, even with Denzel out, they have four outside guys they trust. They'll put they'll put Greg Newsom in the slot, and that's what they did in this one is put him in the slot. So um, I think if I'm looking at this from alignment perspective, he had 33 snaps in the slot. Grant Delpit had seven. Greedy had four. And some of these are situationally based. MJ Stewart had three. So Really like that they'll feel comfortable doing that in the future. You know, Greg's ability to play inside now is is so important to the versatility of a, of, of a coverage group that's got a bunch of guys, man. Like MJ Stewart uh, only played 16 snaps, but again was effective. He had two snap, two two assisted tackles, one one tackle on his own. Really, really liked his performance. 80.6 defense grade, 75 one coverage. You know, Clowney stood out because he had four total pressures, two sacks, got some nice incentives. 88.3 pass rush grade, two stop tackles, really great game from him. His future hangs in the balance. Hope they can bring Clowney back. We'll see what the the contract talks look like. The same with MJ Stewart, who I think has performed so well in the back half of the year that you really consider feeling comfortable, semi-comfortable, letting Ronnie go, uh, Ronnie Harrison, because that's a contract that might be a little more than what you want to pay at that position, considering what you have coming up in, in Denzel Ward, so on and so forth. Jacob Phillips, again, just like last year's final game of the season, this year, the same sort of flash. Like, this is the guy they need him to be as the mic next to JOK. And we even got brief flashes of him. 76-9 total grade, seven stop tackles, fantastic, eight total tackles. He had a pressure, a sack on the game. 62-9 coverage, 68-7 pass rush, 68-6 tackle, all above average to good marks. 70.5 run defense and a 76.9 overall. Really, really good. You needed that uh, to see that because we, 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 you know, going into this offseason, do you need another linebacker or not? Kind of trying to make those decisions. You, you definitely don't want uh, to have that decision lingering. 
and you don't you don't want to you know you don't want to not know what you have with them. So they get a glimpse again. I, I like Jacob Phillips. I think he can be a nice player for them. Curtis Weaver had six snaps, graded well. He had a pressure. Nice to see him back. AJ Green, a guy I tweeted about today. Not a great tackle game. He had four tackles. Um, they they ended up chalking him up with a miss, which hurt his tackle grade. But the ninety point oh coverage grade and thirty five coverage snaps, really really good. Like he's. He's a player in the secondary and makes the Browns four, legitimately four deep in the secondary. I'm going to talk more about A.J. Green right after this break. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So, like, to me, as I look at A.J. Green, I've saw him develop through the year. The more and more trust they've placed in him. He was the leader and coverage guy. I mean, him and, and, and Grant Delpit and Greg Newsom never came off the field. They had 54 snaps, obviously three penalty snaps. They never came off. So the 51 snaps, they played them all. Jacob Phillips played 46. Greedy played 41. John Johnson played 40. Uh, 39 for Malik McDowell. 37 for Anthony Walker. Jordan Elliott played 36. 34 from Tommy Togiai. 33 from Miles, who had two pressures and a sack. He graded well again, as usual. And then 32 from Clowney. 24 from Odenabo. Uh, JOK, before he left with his injury, had 23 snaps in the game. So... Um, just, I, I should have noted those a little bit earlier, but finishing up some of the grade stuff, Grant Delpa played well again, you know, Grant Delpa, if you look at his collective season mark now, Grant's going to be a 63, eight, a 70, you know, above average in everything, like, you know, pretty good for a rookie year with 389 coverage snaps, 204 run defense snaps, had a sack on the year. He had, he had 10, uh, 44 tackles. He did miss nine tackles. You'd like to see that come down a little bit, but you know, I feel pretty good about where Grant is right now uh, and where his future goes. John Johnson was fine, adequate. Uh, Greedy Williams' was 68 coverage grade was good. He had a nice pass breakup in this one. Uh, Anthony Walker, Mac Wilson didn't grade all too well in the 50s, and then you get into the 40s. I thought Greg Newsom played a get better game than a 50-point, you know, 50.2 mark. But, again, the Browns are looking for defensive tackle solutions. Tommy Togiai, Jordan Elliott, and Malik McDowell all grade pretty terribly. Malik McDowell, again, a 28.9, a guy who started the year in in good graces with a lot of people, but has faded, heavily, heavily faded as the year has gone on. Went through a really rough stretch in the middle of the year and uh, does not close well. We'll get to every, we're going to recap almost every single player. We're going to do an individual pod recap on every guy. And, you know, the eight missed tackles really hurt him. The run defense wasn't good. The pass defense is better. Uh, he he generates some pass rush, but the run defense stuff is a problem. And they're looking for answers. Togiai, Elliott, they're trying to find it. So that position, although young and some guys that they're still trying to mold, 
are guys that they're trying to figure out who's the future of that position. Run defense grades, the highest went to Jacob Phillips, where I mentioned some of his metrics just a little bit ago. Three run defense stops, which is what you like to see, a good number on the day. Um, Next highest was John Johnson. And then most of the others down the line weren't very good on the run defense aspect. We're 55 or below guys who played a significant number of snaps. As the Bengals did run for 79 yards when they decided to run. They ran it pretty well. They just It was a disjointed effort from Cincinnati in the run phase. But I did like what I saw uh, from Jacob Phillips, so I wanted to note that. Pass rushing phase, there were 20 pass rush snaps for Clowney, 22 for Garrett. Like I said, six pressures between them, three sacks. They're a dynamic duo. Clowney said after the game he hopes they can keep, you know, keep up the battle they have between the two of them next year or the year after, chasing, pursuing, uh, you know, the, the best of the best version of each other. They they complement each other really well. We'll see. That that contract lingers whether they can get something done or not. Curtis Weaver with your next highest pass rush grade in four snaps. Jacob Phillips gets a nice mark because of his pressures on blitz stuff. And then Porter Gustin a sixty seven point eight and ten snaps. Um D tackles in the fifties. Odenabo is in uh the fifties at a fifty point six. Nothing to write home about. Coverage stuff I want to get to as well. Like I said, A.J. Green had a 90 coverage grade. He allowed one catch on seven targets for two yards. Had that pass breakup. You love that. Jacob Phillips allowed two catches on four targets for 25 yards. He also had a pass breakup. M.J. Stewart had a 75.1 coverage mark and 13 coverage snaps. Where he also had a pass breakup. Uh, Grant Delpit, 68.9. Greedy Williams, 68.0 with a pass breakup as well. They were just really good. They played a lot of their base stuff, a lot of their cover four. A lot of cover three Rob. They did some of their poach stuff. Nothing crazy, though. They didn't get too wild. If you can hold a team, even if it's a bunch of, or it's a ragtag team, they'll home to 103 yards. You really, really like how they played in the coverage phase. So uh, that's a good one. And, and the, the special teams leaders, Mac Wilson had a 79 special teams grade. Continues to be a really dynamic special teams player. Surprisingly, JOK in seven, uh, seven punt return snaps. It was a 33 grade. He did not play well in that phase. It's the, it's the worst mark of the group. Herb Miller, who's obviously a fringe guy, also a 47.5. Uh, he played about every special team out there. The other guys who deserve a shout-out for playing a high volume and performing well. Andy Janovich, Tony Fields with the 69.9 grade. Elijah Lee in 22 coverage or 22 total uh, special team snaps at a 68.1. You like to see that. So... We'll see. This is the this is the wrap, though. I mean, this is covering everything. Nice game overall. Could have won, could have lost. Wouldn't have bothered me one way or the other. But you know, it's it's a uh, it's a win, and they they leave feeling good about themselves. You know, you win. You obviously go from about pick ten to pick thirteen. So kind of in the not great about that. But you you sweep the division winner. You have a great division record. You get out of the basement. You actually win the tiebreak with the the Ravens, so you don't finish last, and you know, eh, who knows who's going to be good next year. I'm not all too worried about that. Denver finds the right quarterback, you know, playing Denver instead of the Chargers could have been different. I, I don't know. Anyway, um, good stuff overall. I, 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 th- I hope you guys enjoyed these comprehensive breakdowns because it gives you all the data. I try to feed you all the data that you could be looking up to solve some of these things. Uh, you know, uh, personnel data, coverage data, all that stuff I've given you throughout the year. So I hope you've enjoyed it. If you ever want to tweak to this, let me know. DMs are open, more than willing to do some other things maybe you're interested in. Coming up tomorrow is the 
Twitch Chalk Talk, the final Twitch Chalk Talk uh, covering portions of the season. We'll get to player-specific ones later in the year. But for now, I just wanted to do our last game. We'll wrap it with the defense and offensive line play from Kyle, and I'll break down some of the Browns' schemes and what those look like as well. Uh, Join us for that Chalk Talk at 7 p.m. on Tuesday night. Otherwise, appreciate you guys joining today, supporting the OBR through Twitch, the website, or this podcast. You know it means the world to me. For all the time spent, you guys checking it out. It's always great. Appreciate you much. Have a great Tuesday, and go Browns.